Hello and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Helen Keskin-Lew, a screenwriter and producer. And I'm Andrew Liu, her husband. This is Succession Send-Off, our special series following along Succession's fourth and final season. We are talking about episode six, Living Plus. So this episode opens with the children watching a pre-recorded tape of their father launching a new venture called Living Plus, which they are in LA to launch for Investor Day. In the lead up to the day, the siblings are now cleanly split between their agendas and navigate what it means to make real decisions regarding the company's future. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's because there was no one else. (laughs) Um, Right, so... The episode starts off with this pre-recorded tape, and then we move on to Shiv at like the airstrip, and somehow I guess it's like a rich people person's version of like being in the parking lot together. But Madsen's in a jet next to her, and then he comes onto the plane, and then they're just chatting, and then she he lets slip that they're that her her brothers were a little bit unhinged, and then later on, what ends up happening when they're all in, all in LA together, and she finds that the brothers are like hedging on on selling the company that she re- realizes what's going on. What do you think was going through Shiv's head here? Like what do you think her relationship is like with Madsen? Like do you do you think it's solid? Does she feel like good about it? Like what's going on? Well it's been a nice little comeback for Shiv after season three where she was quite pathetic, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean she said it like she they were acting like they were kids again about uh, what spilling ice cream in the car? Mm-hmm. Is that what mm-hmm. she said? Something like that, yeah. She forged a friendship with him or a connection with him in the last episode, and I think she's holding on to it because that she's being left out of uh, running Waystar right now. So yeah, yeah, the kind of split. Yeah. So living plus thoughts. Incredible presentation. Yeah. Well, this is skipping ahead to That's fine. Investor Day, but I, I've been behind the scenes on. Many decks that um, use similar stock imagery, so yeah, I'm sure the designers behind that were working very hard <laughs> on getting that brought to life, along with many other things that, yeah. uh, particularly the the stage production that Kendall mm. is trying to shoehorn in yeah. with like less than 24 hours lead yeah. time, which yeah. is funny, which is uh, peak CEO stuff right there. It really is, and then the the poor editor in the edit suite. Like, with fucking idiot Tom trying to get him to, like, cut together stuff. Snippy snip. Snippy snip. Yeah. No, that that was that was classic. Um, it's funny, I really thought that when they were doing the presentation, I really thought that that was actually something that, like, Fox viewers would love. And you could kind of tell that the writer's room were just, like, in there, like, what what do they want? Like, what? it's all an echo chamber, so what happens if we make the echo chamber, like, real life? Like, we, we it's not a... It's not like a metaphor for anything. It's a literal place that people live. Would you live in a version of that that isn't Fox News ATM based? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I could curate my own world, yeah, sure. But but like one, you know, during the pandemic, one, and still to this day, don't people talk about like having their own little communities and like having a little bubble that nobody else gets into this makes sense it, it's funny how we along with everybody else in this entire episode thought that kendall did have like the crazy eyes and was being ridiculous until the pitch delivered and then it was like totally perfect i mean i think he 
the pitch was okay. <laughs> he just wasn't an abject failure. He started off um, big shoes, big shoes. Yeah. I think he used the sentimentality of his dad mm-hmm. to his advantage. It probably worked. His plan worked. Yeah. I just, I still don't know if it's, if it's going to work for Madsen, right? That's the whole issue. It's kind of hinging on what he likes. And he said, he mentioned like he doesn't like real estate. It's not sizable or scalable or whatever the fuck he said. It's not the whole thing. He just wanted to act because he didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. He still wants to buy the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is just like one product. Yeah. What were your thoughts on Roman this episode? With, with both brothers, it seems like they've been, they've had a few days to soak in this new leadership role. As the big dogs and trying to act like their dad, but not really knowing. Like, yeah, it, it, they're showing why their dad didn't want, uh, did, hesitated to give them anything. Mm-hmm. I think, and he just yeah. acted on impulse. And I mean, first with the the movie exec. Um, yeah, I don't, do you have any thoughts on that? I thought it was really smart how Roman called bullshit on her having like concern about the whole Mencken thing that ATN is pushing because he's kind of right like they did just like make a segregated city on a desert and now they're like on their high horse but at the same time like it was absolutely fair for her to bring it up and him just being like avoidant I think that's like the word for Rome in this episode he just like avoided actually having to deal and talk through issues with this head head of studio so then he just fired her and then Jerry came and confronted him about that. So he then tried to fire her. And then, you know, he has real concerns about what his brother is doing, but he keeps telling him that it's fine and it's fine and it's fine until Shiv comes in and tells him that it isn't. He's just like an avoidant mess. Like he really, really doesn't know what to do with himself. And it was really sad when he was chatting to like Jerry and was like, can't you just tell me that I'm going to be as good as my dad? And she was like, say it or believe it. Um, and I think that just like really fucked him up. And that last scene of him in the car, especially like playing that that cut video of his his dad was like kind of pathetic. It, it was not a good it was not a good episode for Roman. Did you feel bad for him at any point? No, I don't feel bad for any of these people. Yeah. All right. So here's something we can talk about: Tom and Shiv. Bitey thoughts. Okay. First of all, it, it was so funny because when they started doing the bitey, I looked at you because we have done we have done this before in a different form, but yeah, yeah, biting is involved. Yes, and pain. Yes, basically, what we do is not at the same time. Like I bite your like the 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 th- literally exactly where they bit right, like the the part of the arm, like the meaty fleshy part of the arm, the top arm. Um, it's fun. I recommend it. I, we don't do it to the point of like pain, I don't think, but I do like to see my two teeth prints in your flesh. There's something pretty intimate about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun. Is it? Is it fun for you? You you're very soft with it. I go harder than you. Yeah, we're we're way more playful. Yeah, but I like I did like how they were this episode. There was like a level of like honesty between them. Where Tom just straight up like told him, I told her like she like he likes his money, he likes his things, you know. Tom Wamsgam confirmed Taurus, and I think that th- it's freeing them, like it's freeing her a little bit that there isn't this unspoken thing, and they could just kind of be pretty much straight with one another. Yeah, he said the thing about being stuck between her and her dad, and mm-hmm. I don't think he's explicitly said that in this entire show. Yeah, we all knew that, 
But yeah. um, I mean, we—I I don't know. It, it was a new side to Tom because yeah, it always seemed like he was reaching with her, mm-hmm. and he loved her, and like she was cold. But now I don't know the, the the what they were doing in this episode was fun. I guess yeah, I thought she was gonna tell him about the baby in in the conference yeah, room. Yeah, me too. I wonder if if you know when. Yeah. And, or if she will. Yeah. Well, she's going to start showing soon. So I think she's like coming up to four months now. It's just, it's weird because obviously for Shiv, it isn't just like, oh, I'm going to tell the father of this child that I'm divorcing or maybe not. It isn't just that. It's like a whole bunch of shit because of who she is. So I get her hesitation. It's just that she's going to start showing soon. <laughs> so then what, you know? Um, I also thought that she was going to tell him. And I also thought that her being in that conference room, I thought she had like a consult with her doctor or something like that. I didn't realize it was like scheduling grief. Question. Is dying bullshit? Is that from this episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, when they're talking about living forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So what is this question? Well, delete. Uh- no, I'm not deleting it. It's a valid question. It definitely is bullshit, but I just thought it was funny because they just can't seem to accept that something so regular happened to their dad. Like, something like dying just happened to someone like their dad. Like, they can't get past it. It's kind of wild. It's just, it's kind of wild that we. it feels so far away for us because of how time is passing in this season. And actually, it's still been a couple of days and actually we're still watching them process. And one of the ways that the guys are processing it is by, like, refusing to accept that something as peasant as dying happened to him. Like, to the point where Kendall is, like, bringing him back in a presentation. Yeah. Well, we knew he was going to show up on the screen, but I just didn't expect him to use him like a Tupac hologram. Yeah. But it worked. It played with the audience. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then, similarly, Roman at the end Mm -hmm. with the same visual asset, but just in a different... Yeah form uh, yeah. his dad nagging him yeah um taking what he can get i guess or taking what he's used to yeah yeah and he misses yeah and it's it's weird because obviously we know that he gets off on that shit with jerry um and like the way he was talking to shiv about like getting wet when the dad was on screen he's such a fucking weirdo i love how they like play into his sexual deviances <laughs> um what did you think kendall jumping into the ocean meant well, you said baptism as it was happening. Yeah, when we were watching it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think I've seen a vis- uh, uh, image set or gift set where very pivotal moments in each season, Kendall is in water mm-hmm. with the death of the driver and yeah. waking up or beginning of season two, he's in the he's in the, the, the getaway, right? The spa. Yeah, the spa, yeah. And then the death scare last season mm-hmm. in the pool. Yeah, it feels like he's finally made it. Yeah. At least he thinks so. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it was interesting seeing the performance as well by Jeremy Strong, where he did feel like a little bit manic, acting the way that we'd seen him act in season one, for example, and then like planning for his birthday party in in season three as well. So we're going through this journey with him where he's, he's... being really volatile and like basically trying to make wine out of water and and then like when he finally did it i think it was it was just weird seeing that scene with him and roman where you see his sudden self-doubt come 
like written all across his face, right? Where he's just like his face drops. But then he does it anyway. Like I really thought, like remember, you know, when we were watching it and he was about to go on stage and I was like, he's going to choke because he's choked before, like when he was meant to go on the Z-Way show and he didn't and he pulled it off. And I was like, I don't know, kind of proud of him, even though the idea is terrible. I just found it fascinating that he, all he needs is just like one little thing to make himself feel good. And it doesn't matter that he fucks it up next the next thing that he does is just like as long as he has like one win that's kind of he feels like he's arrived which is really fascinating but do you think like do you think he's arrived do you think he's like ready and he's doing it no none of these people are yeah fit for anything yeah they can fuck up he, he's on a high but he's gonna fall yeah next two episodes at some point yeah beginning of the speech we thought he's gonna fuck up yeah. with the teleprompter yeah i mean backstage he was doing that finger thing on his forehead which is funny yeah um, what was that? Just the focus, man. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Hype himself up. Yeah. In his zone. Yeah. Uh, wearing the jacket with the CEO patch. Yeah. We should talk about Carl. Yeah. Uh, in the hallway, Carl tried to big man him. Yeah. Because they can. Yeah. Because they got 20 years on. Well, well so we, we've so. seen this go back and forth, back and forth with yeah. with the, the 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 family and and the the old guard, old guard. Yeah, I mean, even Jerry speaking up to Roman earlier, but like Carl, especially the actor that plays Carl, he's a tall guy. Yeah, but the way they shot it was it, uh, showed that even more. I felt. Yeah, yeah. Um, they just, were very close to one another. Yeah, yeah. P- putting him in his place. Yeah, toy soldiers, like yeah. Logan said, like th- these people know that. Or what did Jerry say? Weak monarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but end of the day, these guys are, like Kendall said, CEO, CFO. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you think of that scene? I mean, I, I, I liked it because I think it happened. Like, I liked it at, at the point in which it happened. You know, it was like right before he's going on stage and he's just been let down by his own brother. So he feels alone in this. And I think with Kendall, like, I think he needs to feel alone. And I think up until now, he's needed the support of the board or needed the support of Frank or his siblings, like, for example, like trying to get him over from the dad, for example, and like build a coalition. And I think like what the the quote unquote baptism in the sea meant is that he doesn't need anyone. He just needs to believe in himself and he needs to just steam forward. And with that confrontation with Frank, I think that honestly gave him the confidence that he'd lost with his brother where he realized like, Oh, this guy is panicking and I'm making him panic and fuck it. Like I'm, I'm going to go and do this and it's going to be good. And like the fact that he called him out on stage too. And like, <laughs> I thought that was, that was nice. It's a nice touch. All right. So we're going to move on to our recurring bits of, of these episodes. So first thing that we select is, daddy's best boy which is basically the person that we think did the best like they were our favorite character or we think they really crushed it this episode so who was your daddy's best boy of this episode i think the obvious answer is kendall but i'm not going to go with kendall Mm, i think the the best boy in this episode was greg Mm. because he got the editor to alter (laughs) the sound bite without ai with just you know maybe a few minutes of recordings. Yeah. It looks seamless on the screen. Did Greg it. did it. He was scared and he's no longer scared. Yeah. And he won. Good job, Greg. Yeah. 
I think my daddy's best boy of this episode was Carolina because she wrote the good part of Kendall's script and it did sound good. She, you know, she did, she did kill it. So good for her. She's doing great. All right. So next up, we've got disgusting brother. So this is the person in this episode that we really didn't like, that we think really fumbled it, that we thought was an idiot or we just straight up just didn't like. So who was that for you? Probably Roman. Mm -hmm. Like you said, an avoidant character. We knew this early on with him with the rocket launch and this is just how he is. Seems like there will be legal ramifications with the movie exec and Jerry will be fine, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, and like you said earlier about Kendall, like it seems like he was reluctantly letting Roman be co-CEO mm-hmm. and now he has his shining moment. I, I could see him trying to run away with everything. Yeah. And um, Roman, I think fucked it for himself yeah. just by being himself. So yeah. yeah. That's my pick. I agree with you for exactly those reasons. He doesn't know how to just believe in himself because he always needs It's funny like you know, you know when the the whole thing about him them pretending that he's a dog when they were they, when they were kids. And like now he doesn't have someone to walk him. Like there's no one holding the leash. Like his dad has died and yeah, like, I think initially he was relying on his siblings to hold the leash, but now they fucked off holding their own fucking leashes. So now he's like, who looks after Roman? And he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Like, he goes, takes, he takes that meeting by himself. He fucks it. He comes in and after the fact checks in with his brother and his brother's like, yeah, that's fine. And then he abandons his brother and then like feels away because he listened to his sister and like let that self-doubt creep, creep in. It's like, he just, he doesn't know how to just make a fucking decision for himself, which is a shame because like we've always said, he probably has the best instincts, except he gets in his own way. So yeah, he's he's definitely the worst. I would also tack on Madsen to this too. I think Madsen was pretty terrible in this episode. So yeah. Finally, we've got Succession Watch, which is the person that we think, based off of this episode, is going to take the whole business as the successor. So I think it's like just based off of this episode, just based off of like the fact that he's feeling hot and feeling good about himself. I think Kendall might actually take it. I think somehow he's going to fuck it with the Madsen deal. And I think he's going to take the whole thing like he said he will. And this is just based off of this episode. Who knows if that's going to happen, but that's how I feel right now. How about you? I think no one wins. Mm -hmm. So at the end of succession, there's no succession. Yeah, they're just left with the void. Yeah. They were never meant to win. No, I mean, I agree. I agree. Ultimately. I think at the end of this season, that's why I believe in. So that was episode six, Living Plus. We are back next week with Jenny uh, for, with our regular episode and also to ca- carry on Succession send off with her. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.